Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. All right, here we are again for another installment in this incredible message, The Ultimate Revelation of God. You are with me, Jim Richards, and this is Impact Cyber Church. And right now, we're talking to the world, helping the world see who God really is. Man, I, I don't know if you're as excited about this series as I am, but just the idea that we are helping people grasp that God chose to reveal himself to you. God chose a way to reveal himself, a way that you don't have to go through me, through a preacher, through a, a, a Bible study. All you've got to do, one, one of the things we've discovered is know the names of God. And when we know the names of God, we are seeing one of the primary ways that God has chosen to reveal himself. Now, a lot of people say, well, wait a minute, Jim, you know something? I believe on Jesus. So God reveals himself to me through Jesus. Yes, he does. But he reveals himself according to his name. You know, if you don't know the names of Jesus, there's a lot of things you might misunderstand about Jesus. You know, one of the names of Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. And so Jesus is not with us representing any aspect of God other than everything God has already shown us. Jesus is here manifesting exactly what God's name would look like in, in as it was walking up down the streets with sick people and poor people and hurting people. What, what God's righteousness would look like when it's in a debate with religious people who are trying to make God appear to be mean and try to take control over everybody. Jesus manifests the names of God in the flesh. He did not, he, he didn't come to show us his opinion. He didn't come to show us anything new. I like what the apostle John says in first John. He said, listen, this commandment I got for you, he said, this is not a new commandment. This is the old commandment. This is a commandment that you've heard from the very beginning. You see, Jesus didn't come to show us something different about God. He, he did come to seal a new covenant, all of which had been described all throughout the generations in the Word of God. And so, yes, Jesus manifests as, as Jehovah our righteousness. He showed us what righteousness looked like in his life. He wasn't bound up to laws in an unrealistic way. He wasn't, he, he didn't load people down with laws. Everything Jesus did with God's words. See, remember, he, he never departed from God's word. Everything he did with God's word set people free. It never put people in deeper and deeper bondage. And so, so we're looking at the names of God. We started looking at the names of God. We're going to talk about them some more, but we're going to talk about it as it gets into this concept of manifestation. Now, understand something. In, in Psalm 34, which I quoted last week, he says, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Now, of course, magnify means to make bigger, make louder, you know, make bolder or whatever. But, you know, you can't really make God any bigger than he is. But what you can do is you can make him bigger in your situation. And what happens is in, in any situation, our mind is going to either be focused toward the problem or our mind is going to be focused 
toward God's solution. One is called spiritual mindedness. One is called carnal mindedness. And if we are carnal minded, then the Word of God cannot work for us. The Holy Spirit is there trying to get it to work. The Holy Spirit's trying to lead us into what will work. The Holy Spirit's trying to lead us out of the bondage, but it ain't going to happen if all we're focused on is our natural ability, our natural strength, and the natural circumstances, because that's carnal mind. It's not subject to the law of the Spirit of life, and it just, it can't be. But then they're spiritually minded. And so, magnifying God is where in a situation you say, I'm going to make God bigger in this situation than the problem is. And I'm not going to make him, I'm not going to start by trying to change the situation. I'm going to start by trying to change what's going on inside me. So he says, magnify the Lord. Let's exalt his name. Now, I realized this years ago, and many of you know a lot about my story. You know, I was born with a congenital kidney disease. I, I grew up incredibly poor. I mean, I could just go through a list of, of life failures, and uh, nothing really should have worked out for me. Most of the people uh, uh, from, from my immediate family, uh, you know, we were all marred down in the same things, and 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 our life was doomed to a little bitty town, to a a little beer joint town, to living like a bunch of little hoodlums, and and so nothing really ever should have really really worked out for me, and you know I learned walking these things. I gave my life to Jesus, yes, but. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I faced some of the same problems. They would come back around, the things I used to struggle with, the things I used to be afraid of, the conflicts I used to have, the weaknesses I used to have. All of that stuff tried to resurface. And what I always realized is whatever the problem was, I needed to magnify that aspect of God's character, that aspect of God's nature, that aspect of the promises of Jesus, which are all based on who God really is. And so as you, ex like I said last week, if you're facing healing, this is, I mean, if you're facing sickness and need healing, this is not the time necessarily to be exalting the name of Jehovah, uh, 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 my peace. You know, you might need peace and that healing, but as much as anything, you need to experience and exalt the name of Jehovah, my healer. And as you begin to exalt that name by magnifying it, and you say, well, how do you magnify it? You know, this is, this is one of the, magnify is one of those meditative words, because the more we ponder something, the more we reflect on something, the more we engage ourselves to see it as being real. Imagine what we would look like if it was actually working and actually happening in our life. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and it starts changing our emotions. Ultimately, it changes our beliefs. It changes our reality. That becomes our reality. And that's where grace explodes inside of us. So, you know, we were talking about the, we were talking about the names of God last week and we left off talking about Jehovah Rophi, the Lord God who, who heals. And then, of course, there's the name Jehovah Nisi. Man, I, I love that. The name Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, our banner. I love in the book of, or in Psalms uh, 23, where, you know, where it talks about where, where it, it represents the Lord as, as Jehovah, our banner of victory. You know, he, he brings us to this, to this table and he anoints our, our, our head with oil. Our cup runs, it goes, goes through all of these things about God establishing us in this victory in the presence of our enemies. And then, of course, there's, 
Jehovah who sanctifies. Man, I love that. See, God has sanctified us in His own heart. He has set us apart in His heart. And then, of course, the Bible tells us that we need to sanctify ourselves unto the Lord. Both the Old Testament and the New Testament tells us about this. And so, <clears throat> even though God has sanctified me in His heart, if I haven't sanctified myself or haven't sanctified God in my own heart, then I really haven't harmonized with Him. I really haven't solidified this oneness with Him. I really haven't said, you know, I'm setting, my, like a husband and a wife, I'm setting myself apart from anybody else, and I'm giving myself only to you. And see, so our tendency sometimes is that we don't, we don't set ourselves apart. We don't see ourselves as being different. We don't see ourselves as being free. We don't see ourselves as set aside from the curse of the law. We don't see ourselves as set aside from the power of sin. We see ourselves the way we've always seen ourselves. And so we don't experience what it is like to for that to be manifest in our life. See, I want to be manifest in my life that I'm set apart from sin. In other words, that sin just has no power over me. Sin has no allure to me. Uh, you know, and, and I know I could always fall back into that. I know I could, I know I could slip up. I know I could mess up. But, you know, I, I don't, that's not where I want to live. No matter what I've done in the past, that's not where I want to live today. Uh, and of course, there's the name of Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is our peace. Man, this is, this is one of those names where you're just thinking, how much do people believe that God torments them and puts them in hardship as the way to teach them? That, there's nowhere in the Bible that says that's how God teaches you. And the only person that goes through hardship as a learning uh, tool is, is the rebellious, the stubborn, the foolish, because they will not listen when God teaches them. So ultimately, the only time they're willing to pay attention to, to God's advice or God's counsel is when they get into hardship. But how can he be Jehovah my peace? And I'm walking around saying that he's Jehovah, the one who troubles me. How can he be my deliverer when I'm saying he is the one that is putting me in harm's way and causing trouble in my life? I want to tell you something. It is just crazy how inconsistent we are in what we say we believe about God, but then, then what we believe when, when circumstances really go that way. And then, of course, man, I, I love this. Jehovah Roha, the Lord, my shepherd. I want to tell you something. God is always trying to lead me and you in the way of success. God's always trying to take us to the place where we live in victory. But I got news for you. We're not always hearing. We're not always listening. Sometimes we're not willing to listen. Sometimes because of our unrepentant attitudes. Sometimes because of the things we're trying to hold on to in our lives. We, we're not willing to hear what God has to say. And we're going to talk about that in just a minute because because. If I know the names of God, now I want to move past just intellectually knowing this. And remember, when the Holy Spirit comes, the Holy Spirit comes, and, and He doesn't tell us anything different than the Word of God. He doesn't tell us anything different than, than how Jesus revealed God to us. The Holy Spirit comes, and He shows us what God has manifest. He shows us what God has revealed. And if we take hold of that in our heart, it, the grace of God will manifest in our life for that to become our reality. So my shepherd is always trying to lead me. Now, now the problem is 
when he tries to lead me, what if I don't understand why he wants me to go that way? And so I'm going to have this big old long conversation with him about why. Well, sometimes when you're having that conversation about why, your life is falling apart. Sometimes when you get that simple little sense in your heart of you need to turn and go this way today instead of going that way. Well, while you're reasoning with him and driving the way you always plan to drive, suddenly you're in a fender bender. And then the next thing you know, you're saying, I don't know why God did this to me. I don't know why God allowed this. I don't know what God's trying to teach you. No, God was trying to teach us back there when he said, turn right here, right now, don't go this way. Or don't get into this business deal. Don't trust this person. Or, you know, whatever it is that he's saying to do or, or not to do. And because we don't understand it, because it doesn't, you know, we don't, we, it doesn't fit into our calculations. So we're trying to calculate why it would make sense to obey God. And while we're trying to calculate, our world is falling apart. And then when it falls apart, we question or blame God. And then, of course, there is the word, there is the Jehovah Shammah, the Lord who is always present. You know, the Lord's always present. He never leaves us. He never fails us. He never forsakes us. He never abandons us. He never leaves us to our own devices. If we end up, if we end up uh, uh, in our own devices, it's because we chose our devices over, over Him. So all the names of God, like I said, they are manifest perfectly in Emmanuel, God with us, which is one of the names of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of the names of God are manifest in the covenant, the new covenant, the covenant of peace that God made with the Lord Jesus and all of the promises that he gave him. All, all of the promises that are yes and all the curses that are no, God made all of that ours through the Lord Jesus as a manifestation of his name. Now, one of the things you want to understand, you know, one of the most important scriptures in all of Israel's history in the Old Testament is Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God. Now, I want to come back and I want to talk to you in just a minute about why that's so incredibly important. But listen, if you will, just take just a second real quick like and, and like this program. Just click below and like this program. This is going to help us get this out to people all over the world. More people will see these programs if you click that like button. It helps us help other people. I want to mention something to you about this series. Now listen. This series is a game changer. This series is a change the setting of your sale. You know, here's, you've heard me use this example before. Uh, there was a, an Oriental man and he was standing, when he was a young boy, he stood on the shore, seashore with his grandfather and he, and he looked out and the boats were sailing back and forth across the sea. And he turned to his grandfather and he said, Grandfather, why is it that the wind blows in only one direction, but the ships travel in all these different directions? And his grandfather wisely taught him a life lesson and said, It's not the direction of the wind that determines your course, it's the setting of your sail. This is one of these series that changes the setting of yourself. You're not going to reject everything you've ever known about God. You're going to bring it into perspective. And you're going to find yourself able to let go of things that were consuming and eating away at your faith. Because you know what? Uh, you're going to know who God is. You're, you're going to connect to God in a way that you never have. And you're going to discover how to get 
revelation from God. You know, I've got a, I've got a special message in here called, called uh, Special Revelation. And I'm telling you, this is an eye-opener. And I'm going to teach you how to open your heart so that you know that you can hear from God. You know you can get revelation for any situation you, you're in. And you know how to bring it to the place of manifestation. So be sure what, this month while we got on special, $70 value for $59. And 85 cents out of every dollar is going to go into helping us change the way the world sees God. So be sure and order yours today. Now, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one God. Now, in the Hebrew language, there are many words that are a continuum, and they're a continuum because they have more than one meaning. Now, when a word is a continuum, it means that you can't separate one aspect of this word from another aspect of this word. And so the word here in the Hebrew is the exact same word as obey. And so in reality, you can't separate hearing and obeying. Now, if you've watched this program many times, you've heard me say time and time again, even in the, in the Greek New Testament, and in the Hebrew Old Testament, there is no concept of believing something that you are not putting in practice. The real truth is, whatever it is that you're doing with your life, you're doing it because you believe it's going to get you whatever it is that you want. Nobody goes through life saying, oh, I believe I'm going to do something that's going to make my life worse. Oh, I believe I'm going to do something that'll keep me from having what I want. No, there's something you want because you believe that it will bring some satisfaction to you. And whatever it is that you believe will get you this satisfaction, will meet this need in your life. Whatever it is you believe will get it. That is exactly what you're doing. These people who say, well, I believe this, I'm just not doing it right now. No, you you really, you might be double-minded. You might be shifting from one to another, but you don't really absolutely believe something. Now, so to hear what God is going to say, we, we have to be able or have to be ready to, to obey. Because if we're not ready to obey, then we can't hear what God's saying. Now, you would look at that and say, well, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. If I haven't heard what God is saying, if I haven't heard it yet, how do I know if I'm going to obey it or not? Well, you know, that just, that's not the way the heart works. You know, in the, in the book of Revelation, by the way, if you've read my book, Apocalypse, which if you want to understand what's going on in the world, how we got here, and the one and only thing you can do to prepare yourself for what's ahead, then you definitely want to read my book, Apocalypse. It's going to help you understand world history in a way that you have never understood it before. But one of the things you want to realize is this. One of the most important repeated statements about how to overcome in the worst time that we'll ever face on planet Earth it, it just repeatedly says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, what's interesting is he doesn't say, once you get ears to hear, the Holy Spirit is going to start speaking to you. That's not what he says. You see, God doesn't sit back and say, I don't, you know, I, I'm not going to waste my time talking to you until I know, I know you're ready to hear and obey. That's, that's not what God does. God's love and God's character says, I am always going to be reaching out to you. I am always going to be attempting 
to show you what you need and lead you down the path that you need to take so that you have an incredible outcome, so that your life works out the way I promise you that it can work out. I want to tell you something. Just because God has given us a promise, that doesn't mean it's going to, it's going to work out that way. It means He's going to do His part to make it work out that way. And our part is to believe the truth and follow the Holy Spirit as He leads us in the application of that truth. Now, so he, so he doesn't say, as soon as you get your heart right, and as soon as you're willing to obey, I'm going to start talking. No. He says, if you have a willingness to obey, you will hear what I'm already saying. Now, as New Covenant believers, we are in this relationship with God where, where all, all this is about from the time of the betrothal, when we got born again, until we meet Jesus, all this is about is getting to know God, falling in love with Him, fully trusting Him, and getting ready to meet Him. And then in the process of that, yes, we do help other people. We do influence other people. We, we do uh, bring other people into this same kind of relationship with God. But, but, but that's it. That's, that, that, that's the whole deal. Obedience has nothing to do with making God happier with you, uh, making God care more about you. Obedience is something you do totally, totally for your own good. Now listen, I, I, I've, I've raised five kids and I've got, I've got six. And here's an interesting thing. When you've got a child and, and that, and you're telling that child, okay, now don't, don't do this. It's like when you're telling a five-year-old, don't play in the streets. Well, the fact that that five-year-old wants to argue with you about playing in the streets tells you he is not mature enough to make his own decisions about where he's going to play. I mean, I mean, am I right? I mean, are you just going to let him go out there and just say, now listen, you could get hurt out here, so you just better listen to your heart, you know? Well, I got news for you. A five-year-old heart, uh, it doesn't really have much to listen to. Another interesting time when you go through this kind of scenario with your kids is when your kids get to be 16, 17, right in there, and they're wanting you to relate to them like an adult. And so suddenly about 16, 17, 18, they're still living at home, still living under your roof. You're still feeding them. You're still putting them through school. And suddenly it's like, look, why do I have to obey all these rules? Because I am an adult now. So let me see. The fact that you want to stay out to 2 o'clock in the morning on a school night, what does that tell me about how effective or how wise you are in understanding what you need to do with your time and managing your life. Well, well obviously you don't. You see, when you don't understand the value that, that, that a rule brings to you, which none of God's words are really rules, and, and I hate to even use this comparison, just the closest I can get. But when an 18-year-old is sitting there telling me that I should let him stay out uh, on a school night till 2 o'clock in the morning because, because he or she is an adult now, that's the first signal that you're not an adult, you don't think like adults. Well, that's the way we are. We look at God's Word. And we say, why do I have to do that? Why, why should I have to? Why does God want me to do that? You know something? The children of Israel avoided plagues that wiped out nations around them just because God told them to wash their hands. Do you realize that they had no concept of why they should wash their hands before they, before they would eat? They had no concept of why after they touched a dead body, they would, they would need to wash their hands or they would need to separate themselves from the congregation of the people for, you know, for a day. 
They, they didn't know about microbes. They didn't know about germs. And I know that, I know there had to be thousands of times or millions of times that people said, why in the world does God want us washing our hands before we eat? This is nonsense. It just takes up my time. This is just a silly, oppressive law that God has given us. And they never had a clue that when people all around them, when nations all around them were dying of the plague, they never had a clue that they lived because they applied God's wisdom even when they didn't understand it. You see, in this thing we have with God, it's either an arrangement or it's a relationship. Now, if it's a relationship and if we really trust Him, this is what living by faith is. Living by faith isn't, isn't not having a job and trying to trust for where your money is going to come from. Living by faith is living with an attitude that says, I trust God. I trust everything that He says. I know it's for my good. I know who He is. I know He is a God of love. I know that everything is for my benefit. So even when I don't understand what He says, I am going to apply it from the perspective of trust. I'm going to do it from the perspective of love. You know, all these kinds of things. Well, when we have this attitude of submissiveness, of openness, of teachableness, willingness, when we want to learn and grow in the Lord, when, in other words, really what it is, and man, this is one of these words that people don't like anymore. When we have a repentant attitude, what is a repentant attitude? A repentant attitude is an attitude that says, I am always ready to give up my opinion when I realize it's in conflict with God's opinion. I'm not going to beat myself up. I'm not going to feel ashamed. I'm not talking about any of that negative kind of stuff. I am just going to trust God in every situation. The person that has the repentant attitude, the teachable attitude, the yielded attitude, the submissive attitude, that person can and will hear what God is saying because they already have a heart to obey. They already have a heart to follow. See, when the Bible talks about strongholds in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, it's not talking about demonic strongholds. It's talking about a stronghold where you have closed off some part of your heart around some idea, around some kind of belief. You've exalted something above the revealed knowledge of God, uh, something that God has said about life, something that God has said about how to have a great life, something that God has said about how to make things work for you. You close off some part of your life there, and, and you're not open to God in it. Well, here's the thing. What God may tell you about that situation, He may not tell you to quit doing something. He may not tell you to give up something. He may be trying to tell you how to enjoy that part of your life even more. But the point is, any part of your life that's closed off, you cannot hear what God is saying. If you've already made up your mind what you're going to do, you cannot hear what God is saying unless underlying that is that repentant, teachable attitude that says, I trust God with all my heart. I'm in this loving relationship. I'm, I'm one with Him. I'm going where He's going. I'm going to do what, what, whatever it is He wants. Us. That's what I'm going to do because I am in, in love with my God. Listen. That's the kind of heart that goes from revelation to manifestation in a nanosecond. No, no big long struggle. No big long I got to convince my heart. No big long I got, I, got to, I got to pray and pray and pray on this. No big long I got to meditate and meditate. I'm not saying you don't meditate. I'm not saying you don't pray. I'm not saying you don't study. But I'm just saying when that willingness is there, you immediately plunge yourself into the first steps of the manifestation. You know what?
God wants you to have an incredible life. That's why He wants you to be a disciple, so you can have an incredible life, so life can work for you, so life can go the way that He has promised you and the way that He has made provision for. But you've got to, you've got to trust Him. You've got to cooperate in this. You've got to be in this love relationship with Him. Now listen, next week I'm going to come back. I'm going to talk to you about the ultimate revelation of God. I'm going to try to bring this home to you in a way that's going to be life-changing. But I want you to do something for me. In just a moment, at the end of this broadcast, I want you to be sure and click the subscribe button. It won't take you but just a couple of seconds, and you'll You'll get notification every time I release something new, and we have all kinds of tools and things going to help you. Also, I'd like for you to consider going to impactministries.com and downloading our mobile app so we are in constant contact with you, giving you tools and inspiration every single day so your life can be the best possible. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com, with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.